In the Pits is partnered with YI Paintball. Paintball, there's nothing like it. On the field or off, it's not just a sport, it's a community. The people, our people, come from all over with vastly different lives during the week. But come time for Paintball, we're one community with a lot of stories about why. Follow YI Paintball on Instagram and meet the members of the Paintball community. Learn about how they started, what their journey has been, and their ultimate why. Why Paintball? What's your why? In the Pits is partnered with Pod Runners Union. Follow Pod Runners Union on Instagram to find strength in union and celebrate our sports pit crew. Send in photos to represent your union local and be featured. Stealing pods for undeserving teams. It's a living. In the Pits is partnered with Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. Based in Austin and servicing the surrounding areas, these golden eagles will bring life to any event you are having, from birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, corporate events, or even a simple performance to enjoy. Guillermo Padilla, one of their trumpet players, is also a member of the Texas paintball scene. Visit them on Facebook and Instagram to check out some of their past performances, or give them a call to book them for your event today. In the Pits is partnered with Skull Monkeys Paintball. Equip, engage, excel. In the Pits is partnered with XTPL Events. The Extreme Tournament Paintball League is a series put on by the Lukau family of paintball fit fame that gives the opportunity for players to learn and grow together as a team. Three-man, Challengers and Champions X-Ball, Draft Mech X-Ball, and even U3v3. There's something for everyone at XTPL. Not to mention prize tosses, raffles, and the infamous paintball munching contest. Events happen throughout the year, and the prizes never disappoint. Sign up for an XTPL event today on PB Leagues. In the Pits is partnered with Hydra. Designed by players, for players, you can outfit yourself in Hydra gear from head to toe. Have confidence that when you make a purchase from Hydra, you are purchasing a well-tested and well-thought-out product, trusted by several top teams, including first-place semi-pro team PaintballFit.com. I personally recommend their Hydra Black knee pads. Purchases over $100 receive free shipping. Head to Hydra.fit to browse their selection and discover the Hydra mentality. In the Pits is partnered with Bem Wraps. Behind every mask is a unique and creative player. Tap into it when you order your next custom headpiece. Their Build-A-Band lets you communicate with them one-on-one to make your order just the way you want, all the way down to the color of the stitch. Check out their Instagram, at BEMRAPS, for drops and build videos of them working on orders. They offer very competitive pricing, so reach out today to get started on your own one-of-a-kind headpiece. In the Pits is sponsored by FU Athletics, created with a purpose and focused on building a better you. We are a brand that matters in your workout, and every purchase gives back to cancer research. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In The Pits Podcast for 10% off your entire order. In The Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message Get That underscore Shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a Get That Shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite.
Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X-Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at paintballkumite on Instagram. Welcome everyone to episode 71 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week, we will have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans, and this episode, we are going in the pits with Dan Shelley, the man behind Shelda Photos and author of the upcoming children's book, A Dragon's Journey to Dynasty. Dan, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Uh, how are you? Doing doing well. It's been, uh, been nonstop here in Texas for the month of October, as I'm sure you're well aware. And now... Uh, that's over and the grind for cup the lead up to that has just started so it's uh really a non-stop ride all the way through the second weekend of november yeah it's it's crazy it's like we go through this roller coaster every few months right where like there's a, a little bit of a lull and then you start to like kind of feel okay like the next nfl nxl event is coming around or the next bunker fest event is coming around and it just kind of like spikes that excitement back up and so we're, we're right there you know i think we're Next week we get the the layout drop so we can see what craziness they're going to do for us that cup and uh, can't wait for it. Yep, that's the uh, beauty of having so many events in Texas. I think I mean we've got three major series as well as a couple of other local ones, and it's just nonstop action. Whenever whatever you want to do in Texas, you can do it pretty much year round. Uh, and like even in December and January, I know that Star Series is going to be kicking up as well as uh, something I'm going to be announcing soon, uh, hopefully this week. So stay tuned for that. Breaking uh, news. Yeah, so let's let's go ahead and get started here. So this first one is brought to us by XTPL Events. Uh, so Dan, for those listening that maybe don't know about you personally, how long have you been involved in the Texas paintball scene? Uh, a very short period of time. Uh, we're we're actually coming up on just about a year of me getting involved in the Texas paintball scene. Um, I want to say it was like early November, mid-November, when I started to have the itch again to, to play, uh, because I haven't played in about 10 or 15 years. And uh, I jumped online and started to look around and at the different fields. I'm like, well, paintball fit looks amazing. It's two hours you know, for me in Austin. Uh, everything was just far. And I kept seeing this field called Outlaw. And uh, you know, there was no real online presence. I think Google said it was closed down. I was like, oh, that's so unfortunate because that that feel is literally on the same road where I live. Um, and then I think, you know, it was right it was right around the same week that Notorious won World Cup. And in one of the posts, they had mentioned Outlaw Paintball. I'm like, oh, wait a second. That's that's that field that I was talking about. And then, uh, you know, I got hooked up with um, with Mark, Mark Franz. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm an old guy. You know, I'm looking to get back in the sport. And he had me come out on a weekend, so um, I didn't have any gear. Uh, and I think this was maybe now about early December. And um, the first time I played was in shorts and a t-shirt, so I felt like I was that typical walk-on that you see, like, oh, this guy's never played before. And uh, it just, it's just it's picked up ever since. 
So uh, you mentioned having not played in uh, you know quite a long time. What is your history as a player? Yeah, so um, about, I want to say I, I've been kind of involved or, or a fan of the sport, I would say, for the better part of 23 years, um, which sounds old to a lot of people. Uh, I started playing up in Connecticut where I grew up. Um, and I started in my backyard, you know, like a lot of people start with a birthday party. I actually started in my backyard with some friends and even my mom, um, some friends at school were playing and I, it sounded really cool. And so I convinced her to go to Walmart and, um, get a paintball gun. And that's when they had, uh, some may know the brass Eagle, the Talon, it's like a pump gun mm -hmm. with a plastic CO2 cartridge. Well, she was like, well, if you're going to play this, I'm going to play this with you. And so my mom and I both got paintball guns and uh, it was cool. You know, I got to not only play with my my group of friends, but my mom was out there every weekend playing, too. And then like the typical progression, I started to go to the, the you know Walmart and see like the magazines like Paintball 2 Extreme and and Faceful. I was like, what's this tournament side? And then, um, uh, you know, did a, a search. I don't know how I did it because we didn't have Google back then, I don't think. Um, but uh, I found Mount Southback Paintball, which is where like Harrison Fry from Dynasty practices out of. And like, I think Keith, Keith Devitt practices out of and uh, Enrique, um, the media guy, shoots there. And then so that's my weekend started to be about an hour drive to Matt's Outback Paintball. Um, jumped on some local three-mans, um, you know, played the three-man scene for a few years. And then um, when I was getting into high school, um, I jumped on a, a, a seven-man team, you know, no, nothing that nobody knows, a, a team called Conspiracy at the time. And we played, I think this was 04, 04 or 05. Um, we played in uh, NPPL, the Super 7 in Denver and in Tampa. Um, and then it was just, it was a wild time. Like that's when the um, the tournaments were in the parking lots of like NFL stadiums. Mm. And so, you know, the one in Denver, you know, the we're playing the, the backdrop of the Broncos stadium and they had the warp tour going on that same week inside the stadium. So like you're playing paintball while you're kind of listening to music. Um, and so it was just a wild time. That's when like, you know, wdp and like the angel girls they had you know kind of that whole scene there um and then uh you know i got into college and like a lot of folks you know college is pretty expensive and so i you know put the, the marker down for a while um but i i never stopped watching i was just a you know i stayed on pb nation you know up to date with all the the players and i never missed an event watching online or you know catching the magazines um so you know, I, I played and then became a fan for a while. And then here recently played again, realized my body can't take it anymore. And then uh, transitioned to picking up a camera. Oh, I love it. Um, there's not too many of us that are not birthday party people. Uh, I was more or less a backyard person, but I, I kind of made the jump from from nerf all the way up to paintball and uh yeah. that that was kind of my thing i was always you know a fan of that stuff uh but what was it and this question is brought to us by skull monkeys paintball what was it that kind of like brought you back in this past year yeah so um great question uh so before i moved to austin texas i lived in um charlotte north carolina and um disc golf or like frisbee golf some people know it it's like the mecca there you know like where paintball is here it's kind of the that thing in charlotte and i got super into that um had like a great group group of friends you know we were playing every week 
Um, it got to the point where like we were in each other's weddings and uh, you know, when I moved here, I just, I was missing that like community. And so I, you know, tried to play disc golf here and it just, it wasn't the same, you know, like the courses weren't the same. It wasn't the same feeling or the same vibe. And then I was like, man, you know, I, I miss playing paintball so much. I miss being around that community. Um, you know, I miss just showing up on Sundays and who knows what everyone else does, you know, nine to five throughout the week or whatever their job is. But like you show up and you're all friends, you're all connected. Um, and so that's what got me like the itch of, hey, let me let me go make some friends because I didn't really know many people uh, when I moved here uh, other than, you know, some coworkers and colleagues. Well, uh, you definitely picked a great state to uh, get back into it in. So, uh, I know. Yep, this is Texas has definitely been booming over the last probably, you know, five, six years at this point. Uh, really, uh, we're seeing the fruits of that this year. Uh, so this question is brought to us by Pod Runners Union. Uh, shout out to Sasha Zucker. Uh, so what are some things that you have noticed kind of from when you started playing paintball to now? What are some of the things that you've seen that have changed over time, either for better or for worse? Um. Man, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, like anything, there's you're always going to like have, it's like a cycle, right? Where um, I always kind of attribute things, like if you look at jeans, you know, uh, jeans go from like baggy to like slim fit. And like now it looks like we're kind of going back to that baggy trend. Um, you kind of see the similar thing with paintball where we're, we're going through those like these cycles of different formats that we're trying. Like we'll find something and we'll stick to it for X amount of years. And then, you know, something will happen where we want to try to take paintball to the whatever level we want to take it to. Um, and then we try to explore different formats like what we're doing now, you know, with having the, that new buzzer at the 50. Um, so I think uh, for better, for, for sure, is the media. Uh, you know, like when I first started playing before I had the, the gray hairs, um, you know, the, the media was... Uh, you know, you're, you get a magazine once a month um, and then whatever uh, VHS tapes that would come out at the time, like your old, you know, dirters and whatnot and the Sunday drivers. Um, and so now, you know, you can open up your phone and you have just reels all over the place and photos all over the place. Um, so we're, we're getting more eyeballs on the sport. And I think that's probably the, the most important thing, the, the biggest change over the years. Yeah, there's no question that uh, there's no shortage of media surrounding paintball, at least in at this time. I think the last two years, if we've really seen it explode with uh, some people like coming out of nowhere and very quickly like putting their name on the map, not just locally here in Texas, but nationally, like guys like uh, Verbal, Brian Wolf, you got guys like Carlos, get that shot, uh, yourself, uh uh, other people like across the U.S. are it really was just a few. Like I, I could probably count like the main names on one hand. Guys like Stretch, uh, like yeah. Soulless Studios, um, and now it's like there's you can't even count. There's like probably six to ten just in Texas alone. Uh, and they're all like really like putting out quality content and covering very different areas of the country, either different leagues locally, nationally, different divisions. And it's, it's great to see like just how available it is now. Yeah. You know, I think we used to do a good job of, and I haven't seen it in a few years, but I, I think maybe the NXL did it. They would show a map of like the United States of where the teams come from. 
Um, I think it'd be really cool to see that, but just for media, you know, because there'll there'll be guys at World Cup that live in the Northeast, like up in Maine, you know, like that's you're almost in Canada at that point. Um, and then we've got I think Smiley Joe is in Massachusetts, Enrique's in you know New York, Connecticut area. It's like people are flying all over the country just to shoot um, this the sport. So it's it's crazy to see how big the media side has got. Definitely, and especially with uh, how. I guess how more accessible and how quickly the technology is improving within drones. Uh, we're seeing a yeah. lot more like really, really amazing clips, not just from these media people, but from the leagues themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I think on the, you know, speaking Spanish show last night, Oliver was talking, or I think Oliver, or maybe Tommy was talking about um, somebody had an FPV drone that they were like flying through the bunkers, you know, trying to get some of the shots of it. Um, you know, it's a, to think about 10 years ago, we probably didn't even have a drone. And, and if somebody's like, hey, I want to use a drone to capture a tournament, people probably thought they were crazy. You know, now that's such an integral part of our sport because it gives it that whole different aspect, a whole different view. Definitely. And now, and especially with how the battery life is improving in these drones, like I remember just what a year or two ago, the batteries were about like 10 to 15 minutes. Now you can get a good 40 or so 40 to 45 minutes off of a single battery. So that's, you know, it's basically an entire match that you can record right there. So, uh, it's becoming much more, um, you know, easy to work with. And I think that drones are going to be a way of the future as far as recording uh, some of this, this sick footage. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Cause you know, you can have drones at all different levels. You can even have, you know, four drones at different parts of the field at any point, switch to it and get, you know, different camera angles of a player, you know, running down the highway and you're getting a first person view. Then you get the, like the side angle. Um, so it would even be cool if at some point, you know, we got to a, a point with media and cameras where we're able to use replay like right there in the moment where if you know someone hit a buzzer and like wait a minute the referee called them out but we're pretty sure there was a second left maybe we can go right to the back to those cameras and start having replay in it oh definitely uh so real quick looking at the chat we've got a lot of people here uh showing some love welcome everybody uh let's see we've got uh get that shot says about to watch a goat uh last row lopez saying what up uh, Chris Harrison's in here. What's up, Chris? Uh, yep. Carlos saying, can't wait for World Cup. A lot of people have shown you some love. Tanner Pagel, Cody Kipp, uh, Jay Saldana, Angie Tejeda. Um, see who else is in here? Yep, that's that's it so far. So, awesome. y'all, if you have any questions Warren, that you want to ask Warren. Dan, uh, be sure to get uh, get them in the chat. You know, we'll get to them throughout the show. So this next question is brought to us by BEM Raps. Uh, so this year, as you've gotten back into it, you've really taken uh, your photography page, like not just starting it up, but like really taking it to the next level very quickly, uh, which is uh, for anybody who doesn't know is uh, photography page is Shelda Photos. Uh, so and you've quickly made your way onto the uh, pro field at the NXL. So what was it that got you into the media side of the sport? So like I I love to tell the story, but I also hate it at the same time. Um, so I, you know I mentioned earlier that like I got back to playing and I jumped on. And I think I saw Cody in here. I jumped on his D five line and uh, played for a few weekends. Um, but then I get home and like I just my body couldn't take it. Um, you know, so I, I literally had like the heating pad out. I had the ice out, and like my recovery time just wasn't what it used to be. And uh, 
so I was like, you know what, there's, I still want to be involved in it and there, there's got to be some way I can be involved. And so I think the D5 line had like the first three man tournament of the year at Paintball Fit. And I was like, well, you know, let me, uh, um, let me try to coach, you know, can't be that hard, you know, coach three man. And, you know, I've seen, um, you know, technology kind of come into the sport over the years, but I, I, I haven't seen any coaches use an iPad yet. And so um, what I did is uh, I, you know, all the layouts for the that weekend, I downloaded them all on my iPad. Um, we had, you know, plans that we were going through. And then uh, one of the other um, notorious coaches came over and took my iPad and was like, yeah, let me try this play. And like, just started to pretty much scribble on everything and just erased like all of my stuff. I was like, well, you know what? Maybe this coaching thing's not for me. Um, and then uh, the next weekend, I started to you know follow some of the local accounts um, that I didn't follow before, and I happened to start looking at the Notorious account. And uh, I was I started to talk to Mark Franz. I was like, you know, I think there's an opportunity here for us to really help grow your brand. Um, you know, now that you're on a pro, you're on the pro level, um, you've got a huge opportunity. You've got a lot of eyeballs looking at your brand. Um, and so it took a little persuading to help out, um, but he let me take over the account for a few months. Um, and so I literally got out the hair, um, you know, with my iPhone and was taking photos. Um, I was sitting behind bunkers, taking photos, uh, and I just realized that that wasn't cutting it. Um, and, uh, I was, I went to a, um, a weekend getaway with my fiance and I, I was telling her like, you know, I really enjoy this. You know, I, I really enjoy being back in the sport. Um. I think there's an opportunity here for us to travel a little bit um, and to, you know, kind of have some fun along the way. And that was the Sunday before the first NXL event. Um, and so she was like, yeah, she supported it. You know, she was absolutely incredible, completely supported it. She was like, yeah, go for it. So we drove home. Um, I overnighted a camera and uh, I jumped on NXL's website. They had like a $50 media pass that you can sign up for. So I purchased that, and I think I was talking with um, Verbal at the time, and, and maybe you know get that shot too. I was like, "Hey, I'm you know I can't wait to meet you guys in person. I'll see you next week." And Verbal's like, "Well, wait a minute, like, I, like whose pass are you using to go on the pro field?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, I just bought this pass." He was like, "Dude, that's that's for divisionals. So you need like a thirty-five thousand dollar platinum sponsorship to get on the pro field." <laughs> and so i started to freak out you know because we're getting ready to drive to florida we have a camera coming that i've never used before and so i emailed tom and explained the whole situation of like hey you know i just took over this notorious account um i'm gonna help you know get some content for them to use and he he literally called me within five minutes and he was like hey show up on friday and we'll figure it out um and so we drove to florida not knowing what the plan was um you know walked up to the media booth to sign in they had no idea who i was and um that was the first time i stepped on a field with like a actual professional setup um and i think notorious was the first set of the day too because they're you know brand new team and then i came off the field and i'm like man like i need a place to kind of put all of this content you know for my my own content and so i Right there at uh, the NXL field, I created shell the photos on Instagram and posted my first photo right there, and it's just kind of exploded ever since. And you jumped into the deep end just very quickly, didn't you? 
Yeah, that's whenever I get into like a hobby, I I just I go all in. There's no like renting gear. It's you know I go in for the best of the best. That's so it's got its pros and cons. Well, that's uh, definitely a way to do that. If you're gonna if you know you're gonna make the journey anyway, you might as well uh, might as well jump right in. Get as much time as you can. Uh, yeah. Man, like your first like event shooting experience is on the pro field for your local pro team. That's insane. That that weekend was like it was just so many ups and downs. Um, I came off the event or came off the field after the notorious set, and yeah, I was you know set up with all the notorious guys near the Max booth, and um, Charles from Max is just a, an absolutely incredible human being. Like he took my camera, I was like, hey, uh, you know this is kind of crooked. Like you know you don't have you're not lining up your shots here, and so like he just instantly gave me so much feedback. Um, and it kind of hurt a little bit, like, damn, like, I, I, don't, I actually don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know, and here I am, like, on this grand scale. And so as I'm walking away to, like, go back on the field, um, Smiley Joe, the other one of the other media guys I mentioned, he literally, I'll never forget it, he ran up to me and he was like, hey, Dan, hang on a second. He was like, I just saw you do something, and, like, I've never seen anybody do that before. He was like, go keep doing that. And it's so, like, it just instantly boosted my confidence. Um and so, you know, I attribute a lot of like that confidence to that one interaction right there because I was starting to walk back like, what the heck am I doing? Like, am I, am I, you know, weighing over my head in this whole entire thing? Um, so, yeah, it's, it was just a crazy journey. And then um, that was Friday. And then Saturday, I'll never forget this. It was so embarrassing, but like I laugh about it now. Um, you know, you get to the field for like the first match or two of the day. Um, <clears throat> I'm on the match for the third set of the day. One of the media guys, again, never met him before until that, you know, that event. He comes up to me on the field and he was like, hey, uh, do, do you know your shirt's on backwards? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. So I had the huge like NXL pro media on my chest and shooting my back. And so it was like it just brought my confidence right back down. So it was definitely oh, a man. roller coaster of emotions for that weekend. It's crazy. Uh, if I may ask, what was that one thing that uh, that they told you that you were doing that no one else was doing uh it was getting low um i had noticed all of the most of the media guys were like were either standing up or like on their knees um and i just remember like i'm a huge nfl fan and i love shots where you're kind of low looking up at the player where you can kind of see some of the turf a little bit um and whenever i see like paintball media you don't really see a lot of low shots or like if someone's diving you know kind of looks like this weird angle like a plane's landing mm-hmm. um and so i'm like well let me try to get lower than every, anybody else um and maybe that'll help make my stuff a little bit different and so for the rest of the event i literally would just go find a spot lay down and shoot up a little bit and that i've done that ever since um like that's why if you ever see me at an event um if I like, I look like I just got done diving to the snake ten or fifteen times because I'm just destroyed. You know, I'm covered in mud, um, but that's where I get my best shots. Love it, awesome. Yeah, that's uh, some great advice that was given to you, and uh, I definitely see it in some of your content. That angle is super sick, especially if, if you catch the players either diving into the snake or diving into the Doritos. Like those, those are some great angles. Yeah. So this uh, next question is brought to us by Mariachi Aguilas de Oro. So you travel a lot for your photography. Uh, you attended a bunch of different leagues, including Bunkerfest, USXBL, NXL. You attended the Hormesis 1v1 event. Uh, you've even gone to an XTPL event or two. So what does your schedule look like in an average month? 
uh, busy. <laughs> um, so like, I think the, this summer when there's like an NXL event, um, it's just, it's bonkers because, uh, um, you know, we'll have the layout drop the weekend before. And as silly as it sounds, like I look forward to that just as much as the players do. Um, and I think I've even posted it, uh, you know, a few months ago when one of the layouts dropped, I literally will look at the different lanes and be like, okay, where, where might I see a lot of paint coming from? Like, what are some zones I want to look out for? What are some potential like shots or like breaks where players are going to come right at me? Um, and so there's a lot of prep work for me that goes into like kind of a layout weekend. Um, but, uh, it's usually, um, I'm usually, if there's not an event, um, at outlaw paintball on Sunday mornings for a few hours, that's where I kind of practice different settings and different angles. Um, but then, you know, there's weekends where you've got back to back to back. I think, uh, earlier this summer we had bunker fest and then USXBL was the following weekend. And then usually like the weekend after that is like an XTPL or, uh, you know, one of the other events at paintball fit. So, um, to not like overload myself, uh, I usually will pick two major events per um, per month to and stick to that. And so uh, it, it kind of worked out to where, of course, NXL was a given, right? Um, NXL was the primary one. And then Bunkerfest, um, well, those are the two that would go after it. And then if I could squeeze in some USXBLs, I would uh, jump up there too. But pretty busy. And then... Yeah, that's that's just shooting on the weekends, and then you're coming home and dumping footage and you know thousands and thousands of photos to edit and go through. Yep, uh, it's definitely a long process, uh, especially with the amount of content that you're working with. Uh, I'm sure that there's plenty of teams out there that uh, have booked you over the course of this year, especially as you've kind of gained more notoriety. Uh, so. Walk me, speaking of that process, and this one is brought to us by Paintball Kumite. So walk me through what does it look like from beginning to end for your process, starting with uh, when the team books you and then ending when you deliver the final product or the final like uh, batch of files to them? Yeah, great question. Um, so when the team books me, I usually will do some type of like deposit, you know, just to make sure I can hold their spot and that make sure they're committed to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I let them know what I offer. And so, you know, I think some, this is the cool part about like having so many different media people out there is people offer so many different packages and like some folks will do different, like raw footage or reels or like a set amount of photos. Um, I don't ever, um, I'll, I'll never say, Hey, I'm going to deliver 200 photos because then that just puts pressure on me to like, I have to just shoot content. And like I kind of lose my art from it, I'll kind of lose my like that flair that I go for. Um, and so, after I book a, a team, um, I usually try to stick to three or four uh, because you know some of these leagues, like if they get behind schedule on one of their fields, like it just destroys my schedule. Um, but uh, after I have those three or four teams booked, I'll show up to the field, and usually the night before in the hotel, um, I'll jump on PB leagues and. Uh, I'll map out the schedule for those three or four teams, like, you know, what, what time, you know, of course, early to late, uh, what field. Um, and then like, it's a weird pro tip that I, not a lot of people do is like, I'll actually just save that as my screensaver on my iPhone. And so like, I can just come off the field. Just, I don't have to unlock anything. Cause I'm wearing gloves. Just look at my phone. And I can see my schedule right there. 
Um, so that's a little pro tip for the media family out there. Um, so that's leading up to the event. And then, you know, throughout the event, I'll, I'll hang out with the teams as much as I can. I try to split up my time evenly. That way I can get, um, you know, some off the field shots. Um, I'll try to get an idea. Like if it's a new team that I haven't worked with before, I'll try to familiarize myself with their faces or like what they're wearing. That way, as I'm walking around the, the pits and the vendors, if I see them, I can take some of those cool candid shots. Um, and then it's just, you know, hanging out with them, uh, encouraging them when they're on and off the field. And then when I get home, um, I try to have all of my photos edited and delivered to the teams by like Thursday. Um, so it's a little bit of a grind for a few days, but um, I, I kind of I put myself through that because I, I think about it from a player's perspective. Like you just spent so much money. Um, maybe you won or you podium like you want that content so bad. You know, like it's you want it while it's still so fresh. And so that's why I, I work uh, pretty, pretty hard to kind of get that content out before the week's out, over. Right. And as far as like getting the content out, do you have any uh, like what programs do you use? Do you have any presets that help you out uh, with any of that? Like, t- tell me a little bit more like about the not not the shooting, but like the kind of the editing portion. Sure. Uh, so I use Lightroom um, and I have to give like a huge kudos to, to Carlos or get that shot. When I first started, I didn't you know, I had used Lightroom to like edit just random stuff you know, over the years. Um, and uh, he just gave me so much feedback and constructive criticism of like different colors and different shadows to play with. And like he even sent me like videos like walking through his settings and he even sent me one of his presets that he used. Um, and so I used that for you know probably about the first half of the year. And then when I finally got comfortable like with my settings, um, I started to build my own presets based off of different like weather conditions and different team colors. Um, I'll even make a preset like per event too. Um, and so I'm at the point now where, you know, again, thanks to Carlos, where I can edit a photo probably in five or six seconds. Um, you know, I can throw a preset on it, tweak a little few of the filters here and there. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of if I'm if I'm not as stable, I might have to like kind of stabilize it a little bit and crop it in. Um, but what I'll do is I'll have a folder um, on my hard drive for the, the teams that I am editing for. And I just go through I literally go through one by one. I know people think that's crazy. And like, you know, you can batch edit. But I, I literally go through every single photo. It's a lot of just clicking next to find that right one. Um, but when I find that right one, um, you know, that's what I'll call like the banger, right? That's where you get the the puff of smoke or you get the the paintball that's frozen right in the middle of the air. Um, and then I'll dump that in the folder. That way, when I go to upload it to my website, it's just literally a one-click mass upload and it uploads all the albums. Cool. So about, uh, I guess, as you're going through your editing process, um, about how many photos would you say you usually have to start with and then how many on average do you... Uh, like in your final folder to deliver um so for what was the last event uh for bunker fest i want to say i ended up with it was like i think somewhere in the ballpark of twenty thousand photos i think for the weekend and that was with three teams um and then per team after that i think somewhere in the ballpark of on the low end, 85, and I think on the high end, about 180, 185, depending on the teams. Um, 
so like there's a lot of just wasted photos where the camera that i use um it shoots 30 frames per second or like in you know kind of dumb it down it sh it shoots 30 pictures per second and so if i when the buzzer goes off i'm looking at a player running straight at me that could be two or three hundred pictures you know so like to find that right one where like the mud is flying up maybe i can get some paint you know paint in the air too um it takes a lot of, it's a it's a cheat code essentially but it takes a lot of like finding that right exact moment to get that picture uh so you're like as far as the number of photos you take versus the number of ones that get delivered, it's like less than 10% that the players yeah. ever see. Yep. Yep. That is a, uh, a big cut there. Uh, so uh, this question is brought to us by YI Paintball, someone you're very familiar with there. Uh, hey. So uh, this question, uh, what equipment do you use? And do you have any tips for any beginners looking to get into shooting photo or video for paintball? Uh, yeah. Um, so first of all, great question. Why paintball? Um, the, so I start, I actually have two different cameras. Um, and that wasn't the plan going into the season. Um, I started off with the Sony a seven four. Um, and I got that one because I, I did a little bit of YouTube last year, just kind of on the side, like, you know, nothing crazy. Um, but I used that particular camera body, uh, because it had gr a great option for photos. Um, and it had great options for um, video, too, if I ever wanted to get into that. And that got me through the first NXL event, I think a Bunker Fest. And then I went to Paintball Fit, had their Easter event. Um, and, uh, you know, I had some great photos throughout the morning. And they were about to do, like, their main event of the day where, like, they went on to, like, the backfield. Everyone had baskets and they had, like, Easter eggs all over the field. I went on the field and as JD was like counting down to start the game, my camera wouldn't work. Like oh, my no. shutter would just like, just, it just stopped working. And so like I got off the field and like, I tried to like reset everything didn't work. You know, I quickly Google search like, Hey, what does this mean? And everything that I read was like, you have to send in your camera for repair. And so I was like, Oh my gosh. And so I got home. So I, I missed that whole entire segment. Um, and so I got home and uh, I looked up the repair and it was like, I think three or four weeks. And it was right around where like, I would have missed, I, I wouldn't have gotten, I wouldn't have gotten it back in time for the second NXL event. And so I reached out to get that shot and I was like kind of panicking. And he was like, Hey, like you've got this next, you're, you're right here with the camera. You can go up a little bit more, spend a little bit more and get the Sony a one. Um, and that's where you can get that 30 frames per second. And so like it took so much like convincing and like he and i went back and forth so much of like if it's being worth it and uh i ended up pulling the trigger on it and that's been the, the best decision i've made so far because it's just you know being able to take that many pictures per second just it's unreal um and then i use a it's which is pretty standard um for a lot of the paintball photographers i use a, a 70 to 200 millimeter lens um with a f.28 and so like i can get pretty nice blurred out background um then i can punch in you know across the field as well so i can get that you know really far shot um so that that lens for me has been a game changer um a lot of the media guys like will carry around two lenses and they'll use like a uh, you know a different lens for the in the pits stuff <clears throat> but i like to use that one and just get creative like so i'll i'll sit really far away in the pits and like wait and then, you know, I kind of disappear in the crowd, but then I can get like those really cool moments. 
Um, and then for the second part of your question, it was what just uh, any um, tips for any like, uh, beginners looking to get into either photo or video for paintball? Yeah, um, I mean, kind of like anything, right? Just start. Um, but this was, it's this these last two or three months has been kind of like a uh, I can't describe it. It's just been like a weird whirlwind because I've had a few local media guys from the outlaw area who have reached out and one offered to like be a um uh not an ambassador um where he's like kind of a branched off of shell the photos like hey i would like love to work under your brand um you know it's so we kind of turned that into you know hey i kind of want to do my own solo thing but I'll, i don't mind being like your mentor and so now uh, i think it's jeremy khan um he'll send me like some of his photos um and i'll give him feedback on of like hey you know your color's a little off here like look at your angle the way you're shooting at and then um another photographer reached out um, asking like hey you know what would you recommend what gear you recommend and everyone always says it's not about the gear like you just got to get out there and do it and so um he was using like a kit lens which doesn't really zoom in too far Mm -hmm. and a lot of his photos were he'd be like standing at the 50 and like taking photos of the cobra you know so it's just it's so far away and so i told him like if you're gonna keep with that similar lens um, just get closer, you know, like go back to the Cobra and just shoot that one shot. So it's a really tight, tight picture. Um, so I guess in, in summary, just get out there and shoot. Um, you know, your your first hundreds or thousands of photos are going to you're going to hate them all. But that's where you can start to learn and like ask the media people like, hey, what what feedback can you give me? Um, and everyone is so incredibly open to helping the media grow. Um, there hasn't been a single media person I haven't asked and they haven't, everyone's just given me so much advice. And so I try to give that back when I can to people that reach out to me. For sure. I love it. Uh, so looking at the chat right here, we do have a question from last row Lopez. Uh, his question is what is your snack and hydration tips for new media people? Uh, transfuse. I, I live on transfuse throughout the weekend. Um, especially like here in Austin or in Texas, I didn't realize how I've, I've been here since COVID. Um, I didn't realize how hot it was until you like put on a paintball mask, uh, and then you step on the turf. Um, and then not only that, like I lay on the turf and it's like, I'm literally laying on it. Um, and so I will literally bring a case of water with me throughout the weekend and, or even some days I'll drink the whole entire thing. And like, I still, I'm not sweating at all. Um, so if I didn't have transfuse, like I, there's been times where like, I feel like I'm going to pass out, but that's really helped propel me. Um, and then I always have, um, what are they? Um, the, like the kind bars. I always have mm-hmm. those in my bags. Uh, cause I don't really eat a lot at events. Um, I know like they have like a lunch break, but that's usually where I'm going and like either dumping footage or charging batteries. Um, and so I, it's really just like snacking throughout the events um but like that's where it's so cool like the teams that i worked with this year like we've built such great relationships where they take care of me um you know they'll ask if i want food or snacks um and so they'll i'll usually be able to like stop by their pit area and take some of their snacks too so yeah uh, pro tip take care of your your media people that you hire because we're always hungry and thirsty 100 <laughs> percent, definitely got to take care of them all right. So uh, before we uh, move on from this kind of portion of the show, I've got to ask, what's with the puka shell thing? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh man. So typically I'd be wearing them, right? Um, but Skyler Molina, you had him on last week from Notorious. I saw him at Bunker Fest and he came up to me and gave me like this huge hug. He's like this huge hug. He's like, man, I feel so bad. Like I went to order them right before the event, but like I couldn't get them in time, I think. And so I was like, you know what? Like, since you tried so hard, like I literally took mine off and like gave them to him. And so somebody, I think it was um maybe Travis Patton, like took a video of like me like knighting him, like putting the puka <laughs> shells on there. So um Skylar has my puka shells. Uh I don't know if I'll have them back in time for for cup or not, but I definitely should get a pair. But where that all came from, um, back when I first started playing, uh, you know, I would get the magazines and like it was every all the the pro teams in there were out of California, you know, like you had like the the Iron Man Dynasty that was back when everyone had like the frosted tips and like the the Huntington Beach vibes where it's just all the you know surfer surfer kids. And um everyone just they were wearing puka shells. And I thought it was like the coolest thing. And so you know, at the time, I, I think I went to probably, uh, you know, either PacSun or like American Eagle and got a pair of Puka shells and I wore them like all throughout high school. It's like all my high school pictures. I'm wearing, you know, Puka shells. And then uh, this year, um, I was at the field one weekend and I saw somebody wearing the, you know, the old school like JT racing pants that have like the big mm-hmm. JT logo on the. Yep. I saw those and it just brought back so much nostalgia because those were like the the hot item back then. And they still are. But I was like, man, what can we do? Like, what kind of trend can we bring back? And I was like, I got to bring the puka shells back. And, uh, you know, so I, I started to wear them out the field and it was just the wildest thing seeing like other people order them and then like send me like their order confirmations uh, like through Instagram and like they're tagging me in pictures. Uh, and then when I see people at the field, like now they're like, you know, they walk by with their necklace and like they kind of, you know, shake it a little bit. Um, and uh, one of the coolest, probably the coolest moments for that is I had a, a younger player come up to me. He's like, hey, he was wearing it. He was like, dude, I have no idea what these meant. But like my dad saw it and my dad used to wear them when he played. And so like it was a, he was like, it was a cool homage for me to like honor his dad. Uh, so it's it's crazy. You know, it's just like one little silly trend. and it's people from all over the country are kind of behind it. Oh, it's uh definitely been different uh different trend that's uh made its way to Texas, but uh, I'm glad that it's yeah. starting to catch on. All right, so yeah. this next yeah, we, we, Go ahead. I'll say we even have um like so Charles through Max, we made uh, a Puka Gang uh tank tee or a uh, tech tee um and then we also made uh, a Puka Gang practice jersey that a few guys order those too. It's like, there's a few guys in California that have them. Um, Nene from Notorious has it. So I, you'll see those pictures at some point this week as well. They, they look really sharp. Awesome. Can't wait to see him. Okay. So this next question is brought to us by FU athletics. Uh, so throughout your entire career, do you have a single favorite moment so far? Um, there's like, there's two, I think, um, if I can give you two, I think, uh, so I've always been a dynasty fan. You know, I had posters of those guys on my walls when I was a kid. Um, and to be able to, you know, go to the first NXL event in Florida and like the first pictures that I took, like were of them. And then to take photos of them, 
like winning and like you know popping the champagne and like celebrating uh it was just like it was such a special surreal moment that like i'll never forget um so that was probably my number one up until i think it was up until philly it was the very and you know nxl media you know close your ears uh the very last match of the the day um it was x factor i think was playing damage i think and i think that's one that came down to the one-on-one oliver was sitting in the pits um just like right in the middle of the two pits like kind of right where the media was just he was sitting on a cooler by himself and the match was about to start and i walked over I, i sat next to him and we've talked a bunch you know, he's like, you know, give me some feedback with the books and the, the headbands. And uh, we just like had just the wildest in-depth conversation. And so I didn't take a single picture of that whole entire final match. Like we sat there for that 20 minutes and just talked. Um, and it was just the the coolest experience. Like I'll never forget. Like, you know, it's all about like, hey, you know, a photo can say a thousand words, right? But like in that moment, it was not taking a photo and like it's that memory that I'll I'll just I'll cherish that conversation for the rest of my life. It was the coolest thing. Yeah, Oliver's uh it's I've had a similar experience where he's just you know willing to sit down and have a conversation with me and it was uh actually during the layout weekend for World Cup last year. Uh it was yeah. like right after he announced or it was announced that he was coming back and it was it was the yeah. coolest thing just uh getting to sit down with him. Yeah, he's, I mean, he'll sit down and talk to anybody. Um, he's just such an incredible human being. You know, there's not many people out there that are like him. Um, super quick, you know, I just thought of this. It's up there in my favorite moments. Um, I think this was at Philly or Chicago. Archie Barnes Jr., I'm notorious, uh, sent me a text and he was like, hey, we're, we're playing Dynasty for the, I think, the first time in their, in their pro career or the notorious pro career. He's always looked up to Archie Montemayor of Dynasty. He was like, if at some point you can capture a photo of us after, like that would mean the world to me. And you want to talk about like manifesting that moment and like all, you know, the moon's lining and the world's coming together. After the match is over, they happen to be the first two players walking across the field to like kind of meet and give each other high fives. And just the way I happened to be positioned at the time, like I got them hugging and embracing. And like when I showed Archie that picture, like I, I literally saw Goosebump stand up and he's a quiet person, you know, like Archie uh, Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of see him like get a little emotional, like uh, just how special that picture was. And then um, he he ended up printing it out and like that's hanging up in his house yeah, in California. So that, that's also a really touching moment too for me. I love that. It's, uh, yeah. That's great. The moments that we're able to capture and uh and usually the the more important ones aren't on the field, but they're not during games, but after the games or in yeah, between. I mean, that's two of my favorite photos are from after matches. For sure. All right. So this next question is brought to us by Hydra. So you have your second children's book coming out here pretty soon, which is A Dragon's Journey to Dynasty. Uh, so do you have a background in writing? What was it that got you inspired to begin writing books for children? Uh, no, so no background at all. Um, well, a, a little bit. Um, so my first book, The Lost Orb, um, I wrote that last summer. And um, where that came about is uh, in the Northeast off of Connecticut, where I grew up, there's an island called Block Island. And it's always been like such a special place for my mom. 
Um, it's always been like a place where she goes, like just kind of release, you know, and like it's just always been like her place. Um, she, uh, two or three years ago now, she was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, we, I went up there um, last year and I, I went to that place for the very first time with her. Um, and there, there's an artist that goes around the island and like hides these little glass orbs. And it's like a cult following. Like people go to the island just to, like hunt for them. And as we're like driving around the island talking about it, it just kind of hit. Like I had this idea in that moment where like, oh my God, like let me do a children's story and I can, I can dedicate it to her. Like, you know, kind of give that gift for her of being such a special place. And so I've always heard of like, you know, music artists say like, you know, this song came to me in the middle of the night or like I was doing something and like all the lyrics came to me and I was always like, that's complete bullshit. That never happens. Well, it actually happened. Um, and so we went back to like our little cottage and I got my laptop out and I, I literally typed almost verbatim the whole entire thing out in about 45 minutes. Um, and that's how it started. Uh, and so, you know, that book did pretty well up there. And then, um, this year getting back into paintball, I just, you know, I keep hearing like, we got to grow the sport. We have to grow the sport. And everyone talks about like the median age of paintball is getting higher. Like, I think the, the average pro team, um, age is like, I think it might be in the thirties now, uh, either thirties or high twenties. I think it's it's definitely in the thirties. Yeah. And so if we think, you know, that's getting higher, right. And so if we don't do things to get that down, we're going to lose that pro, you know, bracket eventually if Mm -hmm. things don't, if they keep continuing down this trend. And so I was thinking like, there's gotta be something I can do to help. Um, and I was walking around, I think, uh, or I was watching an event and I saw like a gel blasters ad and I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, we're doing cool things for kids with gel blasters. Um, but then I'm like, why, why stop there? Like, that's a great age for like seven, 10. I think that's their, you know, the age range they're going for. I was like, why not go younger than that? And then, so I had an idea of, you know, doing a, um, you know, doing a, a paintball book and I kind of like had the concepts kind of figured out in my head. And I had, I had Ryan Greenspan's email from years ago. Like I'm talking I think I was probably a teenager and I think I emailed him like probably asking for his autograph or like something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. And I sent him an email. I was like, Hey, you probably don't remember me, but like, this is what I'm trying to do. This is before I met him, you know, uh, at the NXL event through all the photo stuff. Um, I was like, I would love to, you know, collaborate on a children's book. Um, and he's like, yeah, totally down. And so like, I'll never forget reading that email. Like, Oh shit, this is a real, like he actually wants to do this. Um, and it was just the, the coolest experience this whole entire year. Um, you know, I sent him the script back and forth and we, you know, uh, collaborated on some different tweaks and different changes. And, um, every time I got, uh, one of the, the images, um, I would send it to him and we would just go back and forth on, you know, some small changes. And so, um, I just, I have to give like such huge kudos to him because he was so involved, like in this process, it wasn't just like this. So like, yeah, this is cool. Like he had so much feedback throughout the whole entire, um, process of the book. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I hope that this will help get some players onto the field at a little bit of a younger age. Um, and I've, you know, given some what's called advanced reader copies, uh, I've given some of those out to like some parents that I know, 
And like I've heard they're they just come back and say it's the coolest thing to be able to come home from practice on the weekends. And like now they can talk about paintball like with their their younger kids. Mm. You know, now it's not like, hey, this is a really scary well. You know, it's hey, let me show you what Cooper is. You know, he's a little kid that you can connect to. Um, and so it's it's really cool. I just I hope we can help grow the sport at that younger age. Um, you know, and I'll never make it on the, the pro field per se of like playing. Like that's the the gift that I can give back to the sport that's given me so much my whole entire life. Absolutely. Uh, so, what was the inspiration behind the book, and what was it like getting like collaborating with the entire Dynasty organization? So the the inspiration, you know, I kind of touched on it was um, you know helping grow paintball at a younger age, but. As I was writing it, like it, I kind of was like, I had this light bulb moment, like, wow, this is exactly what I went through when I was a kid playing for the first time, where like I was so nervous and scared. You know, like you kind of you go on the field for the first time and you're like, I don't want to get shot, you know? And so you, you go through so many emotions. Um, and so it was really cool. It was like a really good outlet to like let that out uh throughout the story. Um, because I think, you know, we experience that in our adult life too, whether you're going into a really big meeting at work and you're having to give this big presentation, you have those same exact nerves that you have when you step on the field for the very first time. And so the story talks about that journey and how to overcome that. Um, but, you know, working with the team, <clears throat> it was just, it was the coolest thing. Like at some point in the summer, I looked down my phone, my phone, I kind of had like this, oh shit moment. Like there's a text message from, Alex Fragey from Ryan Greenspan and like I think Yosh at the time. Uh, and it was just the wildest thing to know. Like I was interacting with these guys, you know, on a text message basis. Um, and then I, I threw the idea out of throughout the story, I'll show you throughout the story. Um, Cooper and Ryan are wearing a headband. And I reached out to Oliver. I'm like, hey, would you be down to like collaborate on a Hormesis headband for the story? And he was hundred percent on board with it. And so we actually, they actually made a hormesis headband called the inner dragon. Um, it's the same headband that, um, Ryan and the main character wear throughout the story. Um, and they were 100% on, on board with it. Uh, and so it was cool to like collaborate with them throughout the whole entire year. You know, while Oliver was in Bali, so like I'd have to wake up sometimes at, one or two in the morning to text from Oliver and like text back really quick before I missed him. Uh, and so they're just, they're all super easy to work with. They're, you know, they're all down to earth guys that have the same idea that I do. They want to just help grow the sport and help see this incredible thing continue to grow. And that's, uh, it's quite the, quite the opportunity that you created for yourself there. And that's, that's so cool that, the that there's a corresponding hormesis headband that kind of comes along with it. Like how many, how many of the headbands were made and, uh, where can everybody listening go to order your book? Yeah. So, um, I think I want to say they did a pretty high number. Um, I want to say it's like 175 maybe of these, um, so I know we tried to do a bigger quantity to hopefully not make it like a rare headband, but like make it towards more accessible where we can get these like on kids heads. Um, you know, that way, like, you know, when the kids are seeing the book, they can go and play with the same exact headband that they're seeing. 
Um, but the the book officially launches the Friday at World Cup. Um, I'll have 50 copies in person at World Cup. Um, it's available for pre-order now on Amazon. Um, so you can head over to, to Amazon and, and pre-order that. Um, my hope is we can get the, this book to be number one in there's a bunch of different like children's categories. Um, I think it'd be pretty wild uh, just for the whole entire industry to say, hey, we have a number one children's book and it's a paintball themed book. Um, I think it would help bring some some cool light to, uh, um, you know, the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I know I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be purchasing some copies. I am a former elementary school teacher. Uh, but yeah. I've, I've still got some connections with some of the schools that I used to work at. So I'm definitely going to be dropping some copies off there. Let's see uh, where that yeah. book is sitting at right now. That. Yeah. So uh, I looked earlier, if you look under new releases, I think there's one category. It's like dragon something. And I think it was like 600 something. Um, but if you go to the new releases under that category, it was sitting at like number 24 for a while. Um, and, and that's just, is this on Amazon or where am I looking exactly for the category? Yeah, that's that's on Amazon. Okay. Let's see if I can find it with you quick. Um, and I'm pretty sure like once that actually launches, like those numbers will skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so right now, just in books, um, in children's animal books, it's sitting at eighteen thousand children's uh action adventure books it's at nine thousand. but then if you go to like the new releases which is what it is under the dragons category i think it's 30 or 34. so like to be in the top 100 of a category is just absurd with the amount of books that are on amazon and that's uh it's quite an accomplishment there and uh hopefully we can help to get those numbers up I certainly hope so. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Chris Harrison in the chat is saying that Cooper is going to get his at World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, actually, I'll, I'll touch on that really quick. Um, when uh, Ryan and I were talking about different character names, we had, we had a probably eight or 10 names that we kind of wanted to use. And like every few weeks, we would go back to the name and like kind of will it down. And it came down to three names. Um, and I think it was the my one of my first few weekends at Paintball Fit, um, and I just kept hearing about this kid Cooper. <laughs> Never met him before, but like, hey, like, there's this kid Cooper, and like, he's incredible. Um, and then so like, just kind of listening, you know, listening and watching, I started to see him play, and I was like, that is exactly what I wish I had when I was his age. You know, I wish I had that confidence to be able to play. Um, and so that main character is it's it's loosely based around you know that first impression of seeing Cooper on the field. So it's and I don't I've talked to you know Chris and, and his mom. I don't know if he actually knows that yet. It's like oh. that would be kind of crazy for him to hear that. So your main character in your story was inspired off of Cooper Harrison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a huge honor there, and definitely deserving yep. of it too. Yeah. All right. So uh, speaking of World Cup, looking ahead, World Cup is right around the corner. Uh, so what are your plans for both the event and the uh, weekend practices that lead up to it? Uh, it's going to be pretty busy. <laughs> um, so leading up to it, I'll be at X Factor in San Antonio um, 
Dynasty's going to be there scrimmaging. I for sure X Factor. I don't know what the other team or two teams are going to be there. Um, but that's going to be pretty cool because right now, well, they had on Dynasty's website, they had a bundle. Uh, it was like a hundred and some odd dollars where you could buy the book and the headband. Um, and the book was going to be signed by Yosh, Alex, Oliver, and Ryan and myself. And so they're bringing all those copies to X Factor um, that I'll be signing in person there. That way they can go back and, and ship those out. Um, and then I'll you know grab some photos of the um, you know of all the teams there during that layout weekend. Um, and that's where like I'll test out some of my angles of like what I really want to try to get at Cup. Um, you know, it's, it's a practice weekend for me too. You know, I'll see what works. Um, you know, what different um different layouts different you know it's so weird because like i don't know if some people like really consider this when you go to an nxl pro field that center 50 there's that referee tower Mm -hmm. um that takes off it's like i don't know 10 or 15 feet wide um that we can't use essentially right um and so that's a those are really important lanes to you know get some cool content from and so I actually go through that when I'm at X, well, I'll be at X Factor. I'll go through like try envisioning, okay, where is this tower and trying to, you know, get shots where I think it would be or like to block out certain shots. Um, so that's going to be a, a pretty fun weekend, pretty busy. And then World Cup, um, I just found out that it's four days. I found out prelims start on Thursday and I wasn't mm-hmm. planning for that. And so we had to change our schedule around a little bit. Um, but that's just going to be a, a crazy weekend of when I'm not on the pro field taking pictures. I'm going to be in the um, Dynasty booth selling copies of this, of the book, um, and signing you know autographs for the the book too. Um, so it's just it's going to be a absolutely wild weekend. Uh, I, I can't wait for it. It's and it's also my first World Cup. I've never been to a World Cup before. So like to have all of that happen, it's just like I can't write a better script. Oh yeah, and this is lining up to be a pretty spectacular World Cup already. Uh, so your yeah. book, are you going to be? Is there a Dynasty booth or is it the Hormesis booth? Where exactly will you be in? Yeah, so it's the, it's the Dynasty booth. Um, they have, I think they technically call it the Field One booth. Okay, like well, they have a bunch of the the forces, but they have a lot of like uh, that's where the Dynasty signing always is. Um, they have like their jerseys. Some of my actual um, pictures, my prints, uh, will be in that booth as well. Um, so I'll be there hanging out, um, when I'm not on the pro field, um, selling, selling books. All right. Very cool. Well, you'll have to come say hi. I think I'm going to be, uh, next door to you. I'll be in the project booth, which is inside of the Hormesis tent. I will probably be taking the money I make from the book and spending it right (laughs) on the project tent. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. Well, uh, you'll definitely be seeing lots of me that weekend. Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, yeah. Chris Harrison, he's saying that uh, Cooper doesn't really know about it yet. So it'll be awesome for him uh, to learn cool. about it at Cup. Well, Chris, make sure That's... that uh, Cooper doesn't listen to this episode until you're ready. Yeah, for seriously. It. <laughs> Don't right. show him until after. Yeah. So anybody uh, still with us in the chat again, thank you for tuning in live. Uh, we're getting toward the end of our show. So last chance to get a question in for Dan. So, uh, Dan, this next question is brought to us by Get That Shot. Message him on Facebook or Instagram for media coverage at NXL World Cup. Uh, he's booking teams now, so uh, if you're still in need of media coverage, hit him up. 
So Dan, is there anybody in Texas, either teams, players, brands, or projects that have caught your attention lately? Who do you think deserves more recognition for what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, get that shot. Um, he has, I, I can't thank him enough for how much he has helped me this year with just answering the most basic questions that I've had. Um, you know, for the the first event or two, like I was shooting in, you know, the auto mode, like in the, the A that some people know. And he was like, dude, he's like, you got to get out of that. He was like, just go to the field, like rip the bandaid off, jump into manual and like, just go figure it out. Um, and that was the best decision that I've made this year is to jump into manual because now like I'm changing settings on the fly based off of different, you know, you turn really quick or if the cloud coverage changes. Um, and it's like, that was probably the best advice that anyone's given me. And so I, I definitely credit a lot to, um, my work to Carlos for sure. Um, but I think two other people I'd like to shout out, um, why, why a paintball, you know, my fiance. She's absolutely crushing uh, that side of the the media. Um, she didn't really know what paintball was this time last year. Um, and she just stepped into this thing and just absolutely has taken it to another level. Um, and it's it's something the sports needed for a long time is to like hear people's stories. And you're not like, hey, I play to win or like I'm on a team. It's like, no, like I, I play because I'm trying to stay sober. Or I play because... You know, I deal with anxiety, and that's my outlet on the weekend. Um, and so for her to be able to tap into, like, some of those players' stories has been just incredible. Um, and, you know, to hear, like, some of the, you know, we'll call goats or icons in the industry to, like, give her kudos. You know, like, I think Maddie Marshall called her out. I You know, Oliver has called her out a bunch of times. You know, Alex Fragy has said that they love what she's doing. Um, so it's just, it's so cool to see what she's doing with this. Um, and like the wildest thing is like, I'm down here in my office, you know, shooting a paintball podcast. She's upstairs hosting her first like meeting, uh, you know, growing the why a paintball team. Um, you know, so it's, it's cool to see her grow. Um, and then the, the last company I'll shout out, um, which they're not, he's not new, but like he, he just needs more recognition is, is Charles with maxed. Um, he does such incredible work for not only the Texas teams, but teams throughout the country. Um, his products are amazing. Uh, there haven't been many people that I've worked with that have been just so open to giving feedback and being receptive to it. Um, you know, I can reach out to him around the clock um, and he's always responding. So um, it's been such a pleasure working with Charles on like all of my merchandise, you know, my media jersey. Um, he's just, he needs more recognition and, and needs more teams, um, to wear his gear. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're a Texas team, especially, uh, we've got a lot of great options in Texas to go to for gear. Charles is definitely one of them. Um, and Charles also does his own media. So, uh, if you haven't watched the, uh, he, he was responsible for the notorious documentary at the start of the year, which was, I believe three parts, if I remember correctly, um might, yeah might have been two parts um i think he i think he was trying to do something per event but i think something kind mm -hmm. of fell off the wayside there but i think it's definitely a two or three part thing yeah for sure so uh go check him out uh he also was on the show uh fairly recently yeah uh he yep. was let's see what episode was he exactly that was the that was the philly weekend i think he was in the hotel like in or chicago 
he was, was already in Chicago for that week. Yeah, September thirteenth and fourteenth. Yeah, it was yeah. that was Chicago weekend. So yeah, yeah uh, go hit up Charles Dean if you're in need of any soft goods. So yeah. uh, looking at the chat one last time before we end our show. Let's see, Michael Michael Perez says Puka Gang. Yeah, he he always wears his out there, outlaw. <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. Let's see, um. Yeah, uh, pretty much does it for everything in the yeah. chat. Actually, you know what? Um, one more shout out. Uh, y- you need a shout out, man. You're you're five subscribers away from 500. Like you're coming up on a milestone. Appreciate that. that. Is yeah, that's that's pretty cool to see your growth out here. Um, so for, for everyone in the chat, if you're not subscribed yet, let's get let's get Christian to 500 tonight. That'd be cool. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just out here trying to build a spotlight to shine on others. That's, that's my whole thing. Cause there's, there's a lot of people, especially in Texas that are doing some really cool things within the sport of paintball. And I think, uh, more coverage needs to be given, not just to pro players, pro teams and the pro league. Like it's, there's a lot of great stories that we should get out there. So that's a whole, uh, motivation, you know, seven, 71 weeks and counting for this. So, uh, it's- so incredible it's cool like this is you know that's why i was talking about like with why paintball like it's that exact thing like we need to feature more people's stories and yeah you know maybe not the pros necessarily like some of the behind the scenes players like the field owners like so it's so incredible that you're giving these folks a platform to share their spotlight and their share their stories too definitely and i mean we do uh cover some pro players and teams from time to time on here but it's just yeah. making sure that we kind of hit all areas of the sport and do it somewhat evenly. So uh, I think that just about does it for our show. This final question is brought to us by Compete, which is Jell Stewart's brand, another great Texas brand for gear and soft goods. So message him on Facebook or Instagram mentioned in the pits for 10% off of your order. So Dan, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any last shout outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off? Yeah, just uh, I'm so so thankful for this community. Um, JD said something uh, a few few months ago, and it's just it's hit. It's like it literally struck a nerve in a good way. Um, he said, "Paintball is life, and life is paintball." And like that quote, um, I literally think about it every single day. While I'm at work in my real job, and like I think about wow, the things I'm learning on the field translate and vice versa um and so that's just it's it's a mindset you know that you can live through um but i just want to give a huge kudos or a huge kudos huge huge thank you to the whole entire texas community um they have just embraced me with open arms you know it's been so cool like going to these different bunker fest events and like people come up to me asking for stickers or like giving me hugs or like I, I think I even took a few selfies uh, at Bunker Fest, which is like the weirdest thing. So um, there's nothing like Texas paintball. That's that's for sure. Absolutely, and that's why uh, that's why Texas is the mecca right now, and it will continue to be yeah. the mecca for some time. It's only gonna get bigger. Absolutely. All right. So that does it for our show. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, be sure to go follow Dan at Shelda photos on Instagram, and then also go check out his upcoming children's book, a dragon's journey to dynasty on Amazon. Uh, so what other guests would y'all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below while you're at it. Hit that subscribe button. The show goes live weekly here on youtube.com slash at in the pits paintball podcast and recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple podcasts, and Spotify the next day. 
I'm going to give a shout out to my partner and sponsor to your subscribers on Patreon, FU Athletics, Get That Shot, Paintball Kumite, Compete, Bem Raps, Skull Monkeys Paintball, Hydra, XTPL Events, YI Paintball, Mariachi Aguilas de Oro, and Pod Runners Union. We will see you guys next week for episode 72, where we are going to have none other than Justin Rabikoff. And everybody stay tuned for the uh, November episode schedule. We're going to have uh, five Wednesdays in November. So uh, we'll we'll see how, uh, how I'm able to navigate Cup Week. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get you five episodes in November somehow. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be great. Dan, thank you so much thank for your you. time. Thanks for booking me now and not after Justin Rabikoff. I couldn't fill those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everybody, we will see you next week.